Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome once again to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Here on Raising Saints, we talk to teenagers about the topics that matter most, and we invite you, parents, to listen in on our conversations. And we hope and pray that in joining us, you'll gain insight and wisdom and courage to have these conversations with your own kids. Today, we are wrapping up our Beatitudes series. We've been going through the Beatitudes one at a time, and we are today on number eight, which is blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So here with us today, we have two very righteous young Catholic women. We have Talia, who is a student at Bishop Hartley and a parishioner at St. Catherine. Hello, Talia. Hey. Welcome back. And we have Kira, who also is a student at Hartley, um, Bishop Hartley, and a parishioner at St. Catherine. So welcome back, Kira. Thank you. You both have been here before, so you're pros. You know what you're doing. <laughs> so, um, so blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I thought that before we go too much further on this, we should define righteousness. Actually, you should define righteousness. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> so I don't know. What do you, when you hear this beatitude, what do you think righteousness is? One word would be truth. Okay. And truth that can't be ignored. Like undeniable truth that needs to be stood up for. Okay. I would completely agree with that. I would as well. Excellent, Kira. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Talia. <laughs> Same difference. Um, yeah, and the root of righteousness is right, right. So standing up for what is right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so St. Teresa of Calcutta wrote a poem, a beautiful poem, many poems, mm-hmm. but this poem in particular, I think, is so relevant to what we're talking about. It, it she she outlines what righteousness is and she outlines the persecution that can come from standing up for righteousness. So I, I'd just like to read that. People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have and it may never be enough. But give the world the best you have anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. That was Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, a poem that she wrote, which, um, again, we think, I think, relates perfectly to our discussion today. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. So I didn't know, Talia and Kira, if there's anything in this poem that resonates with you or anything that stood out for you. I think this poem is a great way to live your life by. I know, especially in high school, 
we can constantly be caught up in trying to please people and uh, different aspects of, you know, your parents, your teachers and everything. But just living with the purest of intentions and in that living your life for the fullness and the glory of God. Mm. Um, Especially when it says, um, if you find serenity and happiness, I know, especially in my life, sometimes I can see the devil just trying to pull away my joy that I've experienced in so many different ways. And I know just keeping hold of that is something that's so important in order to work my way to heaven. Um, I think that really uh, sums up how that can really apply to our lives as youth. My favorite line probably in that beautiful poem was when she said, give the world the best you have and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. Because a lot of times um, our only goal is success. And so that failure can be looming over us as uh, our downfall. But we have this beautiful, unique plan that we don't even know yet. And if we live our lives for the glory of God, uh, then we can never fail. And so when we have overwhelming things like the abortion holocaust or... uh, impurities, sin all around us, you know, it maybe we will never be enough to fix those things individually, but we have to give our best anyway. Nice reflections. I, I, I just think this poem is so, um, it's such a good motivator, at least for me. I mean, we started the, the show trying to define righteousness, and then we read this poem, and I think she defines it beautifully, what righteousness, you know, um, Forgiveness is righteousness, and kindness is righteousness, and honesty and frankness and serenity and happiness. These are all things that at least point to righteousness, or at least are fruits of righteousness. Um, but then for each for each point, she also shows, you know, this is what you're going to experience. <laughs> and basically, she says, deal with it. That was kind of her style, <laughs> deal with yes. it. Um, and you're both, so you mentioned the abortion holocaust you're both very involved in the pro-life movement, and this is obviously a huge area in which someone will likely be persecuted for the sake of righteousness. Have you experienced this, any persecution in this in regard to your pro-life activity? I would say yes. Yes. Uh, we just embarked on the March for Life pilgrimage, and we just got home a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And during the actual march, uh, there were protesters, obviously, um, against our cause and I think being persecuted in that way very much so just for something that we believe to be just so truthful and honest and we have you know the truth the real truth to support it um, is saddening but it's also an opportunity to be able to open up your prayers for those people which I think is a great great thing to do. Did you were was there any confrontation between you and the protest between not you specifically maybe but the marchers and the protesters? Well, the police intervened. I think, actually, I know uh, before anything escalated too quickly, they were being carried off. Uh, some of the most obstinate ones. Uh, not that obviously all pro choicers aren't like that. However, um, this individual group was very uh, passionate. Uh, in opposition to it and took it kind of about the wrong way so hey here's a side note okay i have this i have a question what would you say was the ratio of pro-life marchers Mm. to pro-choice marchers 
Was it was it fifty fifty? I'm sure on the probably. media it was well, made that's out why to I be was that way. Ask that, yeah, probably five hundred thousand to two. No, <laughs> probably a hundred thousand to five. I mean, it yeah. was it was significantly oh, better represented by the pro. I mean, a sea of pro life people because you know there's there's no media <laughs> a mainstream media coverage about this. No, but the no, one no. picture that our local newspaper chose to run yeah. was a picture that was. <laughs> 50% pro-choice and 50% right. pro-life represented in the picture. And I was like, Which is are, so... I felt like that was persecution. Yeah. I mean, that th- was, they, anyway, maybe that's a, it's, it's related, but it's kind of a side note too. <laughs> yeah. it's, persecution can be subtle in that way too. You know, oh. somebody who isn't following the March for Life on Catholic media or on conservative media mm-hmm. sees that picture and thinks, well, what's, what's the big deal? It's a typical day on you know, in Washington. <laughs> yeah, people are just fed lies and they believe them. So yeah. The city, I guarantee you it is not a typical day because the city is shut down in order I, oh, for this to happen. No one's right, going anywhere. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't it covered? That's, I feel so persecuted. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, back to back to the more general topic of persecution for the sake of righteousness. I, we can look at this on a larger scale. On a, you know, Christians... Who are literally dying for what they believe. And mm-hmm. this is happening all around the world. Mm-hmm. And we know that. And then there's sort of a smaller, I shouldn't say larger scale, smaller scale. I should say both ends of the spectrum. So on one extreme end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. there's martyrdom. And on the other, ex- on the other extreme end of the spectrum, it, it's, it's just more subtle, you know, criticism in the day to day of when we're just trying to live righteously. Um, so let's, let's look at the, the one extreme end, the the martyrdom. Are there any saints or are there any stories of persecution, modern or not modern, that have inspired you personally? For me, uh, I go, I love to go way back to the very beginnings of our, and foundations of our faith. Uh, The first martyr, St. Stephen, has always been a really incredible inspiration for me um, because the disciples at this time were literally seen as rebels. Um, there was no time for passivity or anything. And he just spoke the voice of truth among, uh, and he was speaking it among fellow, uh, among the Jews who they're not completely wrong, which similarly I can identify with that because a lot of times it's not necessarily evangelizing to uh, complete atheists or people who are completely different from me, but people who share my same faith um, and have the same basis, but then trying to clarify that truth and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, the other cool thing about St. Stephen is he didn't have, I mean, other than Christ, right. he didn't have a role model yeah. for martyrdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was yeah. the first guy. <laughs> wow. Talk about going out on a limb and, yeah. you know. And one thing he said that really stuck out to me, uh, I love the book of Acts, the apostles. He was saying somewhere in chapter seven, uh, recounting the, when Moses brought the Jews out of Egypt, uh, excuse me, the Israelites out of Egypt. And um, he was saying how when he saw one of them treated unjustly, he defended and avenged the oppressed man. And I can just really identify with that statement. I'm trying to, avenge the oppressed in our society today. So I really appreciated how he highlighted that. What about you, Kira? Are there any 
martyrs, modern day or ancient martyrs that you? Well, I definitely know um, St. Stephen has been very uh, relevant in my life and uh, we love to talk about him, you know, youth group or things like that because he's such a great example um, for a modern day um, saint and a martyr. However, I just think something that's really beautiful that I don't know if many Catholics are actually being open to is um, just like the actual persecution of Christians that are happening around the world right now and the boldness and righteousness that they live for, for their Lord, um, even in the midst of their suffering and persecution. And I just think that if we would go and research these things, we would just see and have to ask ourselves, would we be willing to die? We live in such a safe kind of environment for our faith where we can talk about it on the radio or live it out in our schools, but they don't have that luxury. And I think it's just so important to be able to look at these people and realize that they have this beautiful amount of hope and that is just so inspiring. I agree. And I think that it's easy for us to point to the ancient martyrs and say, oh, they're so inspiring. They're so, you know, because Mm -hmm. they were ancient (laughs) (laughs) times, they were different, you know, Mm -hmm. but times aren't different for people all over the world. Yeah. And, and you're right. I always ask myself that question. Wow. Would I do that? Would I allow the persecution to that extreme, you know? Um, but then again, as I said, there's the other extreme. There's the, the more, or, or not extreme, but there's the more subtle or more day-to-day. Um, I want to talk about that for a second. I want to talk about just some examples of, that might be more, that we might be able to relate better to, more day-to-day stuff. So I have a clip from Father Sliney. He's a priest with the Legion of Christ, and he's just, um, well, let's just listen. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Persecuted for the sake of righteousness. I know a quarterback of a Division I football team who's in college now. And when he's in the locker room and he listens to the radio that the team's listening to, maybe not a great station, he changes it. A few guys make some comments, but he does that. He doesn't care what these guys think. Some of the music's inappropriate. My brother, when he goes to a restaurant with his business associates, makes a sign of the cross and prays. He doesn't care what they think. He's going to do that because he's a Catholic and he wants to give thanks to God for his food. It doesn't matter if it's in a restaurant or if he's with his family. Sometimes I know a lot of women out there get persecuted because they have a big family. People look at him funny. How do, why do you have so many kids? It's too many kids. You can't control these kids. That's persecution. It's okay. You're doing what you know is right. God's asking this of you and that's fine. You're open to life. Praise the Lord. We worry too much about what society thinks. And we, we become trapped in this, this little prison. No, we have to be free of these concerns. Preach the truth. Live the truth. Defend the truth. And the truth will set you free. Preach the truth, live the truth, and defend the truth, and the truth will set you free. I love that. That was Father um, Father Sliney, who's the priest of the with the Legion of Christ, just talking about this eighth beatitude, which is what we're discussing today on Raising Saints. If you're just joining us, I'm Katie Wyatt, and we're here today with Talia and Kira, and we're talking about the eighth beatitude. So um, in your experience, does the truth set you free? Have you experienced that? Oh, yes. How so? (laughs) Because 
you don't have to concern yourself with what other people think of you, which is a very large part. You don't have to worry about how how good do I look today? Um, what are people going to think of me? Because he has he's given us a whole handbook in the Bible. He's given us all these examples, and he's he's very direct, very simple things. You don't need all the external stuff. So you can very much clear your head, clear. Um, you can go to confession, cleanse your soul, and then you just feel that freedom. And uh, and because he has that plan for you, you know, just by following him, he's gonna, you'll you'll be all right. Yeah, I I find my freedom and my truth, and my truth is my Lord, and. In that, I just, there's nothing that I can contain that I can't find joy, in, true authentic joy in anything of this world, in anything of these fleeting, you know, false idols that we surround ourselves with. But my Lord gives me this freedom in a different way that I could never experience any, in any other way. And it's just so, so beautiful. And I think when you have that joy and you you know what the source of your joy is, the persecution is I, I was gonna you know, I was gonna pose the question, what what do people who can gracefully accept persecution have that people who can't don't have? And I think it's what you just described, Kira. Yeah, I just don't when we have that truth, persecution is so it has limit it doesn't affect us yeah we have hope it doesn't affect us in the way that someone without hope would be affected we we have this hope as you know an anchor for our soul and our persecutors don't have power over us no if we have that hope yeah so so how does the definition so we talked about persecution to you know the in regard to like martyrdom to the extreme to the extreme, but how does the definition of persecution persecution change when we're talking about the more day to day stuff, the more day to day interactions? For me, I can experience some persecution, particularly in the athletic uh, area, whether it be uh, scheduled sports practice on Sunday and having to make that decision. Oh, I really want to be with my family today. It's supposed to be a day of rest, and then I have all these demands for sports on me, and trying to have a conversation with coaches and things like that, that can be very um, difficult. Also, uh, whether it's with teammates who kind of make can make a joke without being explicit um, on here, when you have, uh, like when we're stretching and they make like a sexual connotation thing, labeling me as prude or something like that, and I'm not super offended because they say it jokingly, but... Um, it's something I should be proud of, like a chase lifestyle. But those are just nitty-gritty things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, what about you, Kira? Any sort of day-to-day examples? Yeah, I definitely agree with the comment that Talia made about um, being persecuted for having a chase lifestyle. I think that it's something that we should be so proud of, and it's something that's so beautiful. Um, but I know that the world couldn't tell us more opposite of a thing. Um, but I definitely see that. Um, in the hallway, just with my fellow sisters in Christ, in the way that they're, um, you know, pointed at or be- things being said behind their back. And also, I think uh, with our fellow brothers, um, I know just from hearing, uh, you know, sad things in the locker room that, you know, after games, there'll be things said and things that make it really hard 
to surround yourself with an heir of Christ or with a community that really supports you. And I think it, that these are the moments that we really have to cling to our faith and find strength in it. Is that more difficult? Because you, you both go to a Catholic school mm-hmm. where you should be able to feel not persecuted for your faith. I mean, and that's just the nature of humanity. That That is how it is. But does that is that more difficult for you? Do you ever feel frustration about that specific fact that, you know what, we're all here. We're all Catholic. We're all supposed to be right. living the same way. We're right. all supposed to be. It's definitely a unique lifestyle mm-hmm. um, because having that Catholic environment is such a blessing. And the things are in place uh, to keep you on that path to sainthood, but trying to encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ to also pursue that with the same amount of fervor. We're just in different places, and we all have our unique temptations that we fall into, so it can be difficult at times. And that's not a commentary on the Catholic schools. No, that's a commentary not, yeah. just on where everyone is coming from and what they're right. bringing to school every day. Yeah, society in general. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're really lucky to be able to go to a Catholic school where— um, I think we get a lot less persecution than we would if we were go to, to go to a public school. And I think those people that do go to a public school, kudos to them. You know, they live a very radical lifestyle in order to hold up their faith. And I think that's so wonderful. Let's talk about the difference between righteousness and self-righteousness. What do you see is is the difference? As far as self-righteousness goes, I would just feel... I think it means someone who's just very self-absorbed and self-centered, someone who I personally really wouldn't want to be around. Mm. It's almost paradoxical uh, in terms of trying to avoid self-righteousness is to focus on yourself and where you are, not in being Mm -hmm. self-centered because people like that can appear that way, but trying to not comparing yourselves with others and making judgments about that comparison, just focusing on where you are in your relationship with God. So can you approach righteousness in a way that isn't self-righteous? Absolutely. How do you do that? What's the root of that? Find your truth in the Lord and not yourself. Mm. Are there ever times when righteousness is necessarily offensive (laughs) to people? Yeah, definitely. I would say. <laughs> yeah. The one that really gets me some of the most can be using the Lord's name in vain. Uh, like cussing, I kind of, you know, take in. But it's hard for me not to make a comment about something like that because it needs to be so, like, holy and held up in our society. So, And so if you're correct now, see, this is where that's the fine line. Because if you are calling someone out mm-hmm. on using the Lord's name in vain— they can perceive you as being self-righteous. Right. Right. Uh, but it, but you're like, I don't I don't care. Like, you can't take, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry that you're offended, but you can't take the Lord's name. A lot of things. times it's dependent yeah. on the situation, but yeah. as long as we do everything with compassion and, you know, humility. What tools have your parents, what tools have your parents given you for, um, to stand up for righteousness? For me, using the example of the saints, sometimes we do, the litany of saints as a family um, during prayers. And that's just um, been a great help in providing their examples. I would just say, uh, just letting me, giving me the gift of going to Catholic school, which as hard as it is to live our faith, 
it's a great place for our faith also to thrive. It's also, it just depends on the community you surround yourself with. Also the ability to go um, to, you know, different conferences and retreats, um, Mm -hmm. which really, you know, further that knowledge of our truth. Have you always, have you both always gone to a Catholic school? Yeah. All throughout? Kindergarten was public school. Otherwise, other than that, Catholic all the way. So, where would you say you, you find the confidence and the strength and the courage to stand up for righteousness, even when you know it might bring persecution? What's your source of strength? I would say I've really seen a lot of truth um, in the Blessed Sacrament um, in adoration. And when I see these types of things, nothing at that moment could waver my faith. And I think it's just clinging to those times, which really give me strength and courage um, and just knowing what lies before me. What about for you, Talia? I have to echo what Kira said about spending time in adoration because that could that's probably the number one uh, thing. And additionally, as, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I really like reading the Acts of the Apostles and the persecuted church, how they reacted and what they did. It's really inspiring to me. Well, I want to thank you both for being here. We're going to um, let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we praise you. Lord, we thank you so much for the gift of our faith. We thank you so much, Lord, for the gift of truth. We pray especially today, Jesus, for our brothers and sisters all over the world who are being persecuted for their faith. We align ourselves with them, Jesus. We offer our prayers up for them. We ask you to give us strength, Lord, when in our own lives we face persecution. Help us to be courageous. Help us to keep you at the center of everything we do so that we may stand for what we know is truth because it is your truth. And we ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com.